It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First-Round Nothing, head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, ladies and gents, boys and girls. My next guest can be seen weeknights on Sportsnet Central alongside Ivanka Osmak and is about to drop another book to his glorious collection of offerings that all offer a sliver of Canadiana and feature the coolest game on earth. In just a few days, hometown hockey heroes, his latest creation hits bookshelves nationwide, and I might add, Makes a great Christmas present. He is an amazing author, a fine friend, a media man, a splendid speaker, a dynamite dad. He's done it again. He's great with a pen. He's not a great cook, but he writes a good book. He wears his pants tight and is on Sportsnet at night. He's got a good do and is a fine dresser, too. He's not great with tools, but wears a jofa that's cool. Folks, the term rock and roll was coined by Alan Freed, and please welcome back my buddy, Ken Reed. Ken, how the fuck are you doing? I'm awesome, TR. You know what, buddy? I feel like, I'm going to age us here, but I feel like I'm the Marv Albert to your Dave Letterman. I'm the current, <laughs> the, the, the sportscaster guest, buddy. I am always on the show, and I love it, buddy. I love it. And I knew you'd get that. We are, of course, Jesus. Um, like, when, when timing was everything in TV... Yep. And you could wait at the end of a long day, no matter what it was. And I mean that. I was young, but I watched that religiously. Yeah. And I would look forward to get like late-night TV, and David Letterman was where it was at. I loved his sarcasm, his yep. dry humor, the guests. All of it, to me, 
come like I guess Johnny Carson that was a little bit before me but it, I mean it was in our realm but for me it was Letterman right and I feel like uh you know if, if Dave was short of guests they just made a call up of Florida to Marv Albert and he came running down to the studio so I'm 100 percent it was either Marv Albert um or or one of these pet guys with the pets yep yep the the animal guys the animal and, guys. and th there's another guy too Bob Costas Bob it was Costas he, he would he would go on a lot of those. You could tell anybody like that who doesn't who's not like promoting anything, but is like last minute. You could have Marv Albert on and just talk about anything. You know, right. like immediately he needed five minutes notice. Whereas really? like exactly. I don't know Sigourney Weaver would want to promote whatever movie. You know what I mean? Right. It's like you don't you don't have to go through an agency to book me. You just call and I'm here, buddy. And I'm happy to I'm happy it's to be true. A happy to be considered part of your third fourth line. You know that's what I contribute. I'm happy to go up and down my wing. You are, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're get, dump those pucks in. What, what's your saying? What is pucks it? in deep? Pucks, pucks in, deep. in deep. I'm only saying this because I'm going to seniors after this. Now, this is the first podcast I've done. We're at yeah. 176B, and I started doing the AB thing like maybe a hundred ago. So, like, we're in the 300s here, and I've never done it drunk. And I'm not quite, I won't say I'm drunk. I've mm -hmm. got about four beers, mm -hmm. two of them tall boys. Okay. A couple of shots and half a joint in me because it's Friday. Me and the boys skated earlier at noon. Yeah. Usually I drop into seniors and then I go downtown. I start with green sleeves, as people know. Yes. So uh, I figured, you know what? At first I was like, nah, I'm not going to have a beer. And then I thought, it's my podcast. I, I'm not really what? answering to anybody. It's just me. It's, it's, I mean, we've had beers together and the conversation really has only kind of been catapulted into a stratosphere that's even better. So <laughs> one of us right now is buzzed. Yeah. I'm going to proceed. Um, well, we won't tell you which one it is, but well, we kind of did. But I, I'm in a, I'm in an under-11 hockey tournament in Kitchener, so I'm playing her straight and narrow, buddy. Playing her straight yeah. and narrow. Well, you know, that's to be expected. Like I said, this is my first in like 300. So I hope I it doesn't offend anybody. But then again, it, I, I'm not really, you know, it's not like I've got to answer to Sportsnet or TSN or anybody. You're your own man. You're your own <laughs> and I have to say, I am so happy that Senior is doing these Chicklets Cups with you. And I looked at all the footage and know I'm so happy that Senior's doing it because he's getting a moment in the sun. But more importantly, okay, I know that Senior's loving the attention. But more importantly, yeah. the world, the world is getting to see what you brought me on so many years ago and the magic and charisma and just the the awesomeness of your old man. Like the world is getting to see it. I, he's a gift. Senior, I think I tweeted this above one of the things. I just said, Senior is a gift to us all. He's a beauty. You, you really did. You've always said it, but the thing that I remember, well, see what people are seeing now, which you've always been aware, well, once you met him, and even probably from some stories, Senior, like, it's one thing to have the stories. So he has stories. Biz came here years ago from Spit and Chicklets to hear his stories. And yeah. Teddy Purcell, I think, said, you know, Terry Ryan, if you're going to interview anybody, you haven't talked. And he was talking about me, and he said, you know, it's worth your while to talk to his dad. Yeah. So, and as you know, every Friday, I mean, everybody in Mount Pearl knows it. Anybody who played with him over the years or me, but my buddies come in here, my stories. So there was a small but decent following that he had. Like, people knew who he was. But yeah. the thing is now, like, when he comes to Chicklets, like Witter and them and R.A. and... Grinelli and, and, and Biz, Colby. Colby was a, an old Red Deer rebel, heard the stories. But even like yeah. Colby said, he goes like, your dad is like always on. It's not mm -hmm. just stories. 
It's not like we're coming. We're just seeing it. Like he's there after being interviewed. Kobe, like after being interviewed for like three hours with chicklets and like telling these stories and we get off the elevator and like the maid is there and he's, yeah. he's got to go over and t- hey, how you doing? It's a, how long have you been doing this? Like, so where are you from originally? Right. Yeah. Where you, and oh, really? I knew a guy from there when I played in Hamilton and after Hamilton, I went to Minnesota and then he goes into the same 1972 <laughs> draft. Don't bring your lawyer. All that. And we're like, holy fuck, man. Where yeah. was like from afar? This is wild. And then like that would end and he would go to the restaurant and the waiter would come over and he would find something in common, right? Something, whether it was the watch that he was wearing or mm-hmm. uh, maybe his haircut was like a relative or, and senior finds some common denominator because he loves conversing and communicating and with people. Your father is a prime example of why there should be world peace because your father has the ability to find common ground with anyone, <laughs> oh, man. With anyone. And if more people were like your dad, the world would just be a perfect place because your dad can find common ground with anyone except, of course, the Minnesota North Stars front office. And I have to say, I truly enjoyed hearing the Ren Blair story on video. And it's pretty awesome that Ren Blair drafted your dad and scouted Bobby Orr for the Boston Bruins back in back in the day. So there you go. He had a good eye, obviously, Ren Blair. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hollander. Eli. Hey, look. Come here. On right now on Tales with TR with uh, Ted Hitchcock from Ted Hitchcock from Shorzy. Oh, Hitchcock. look at this! Are these <laughs> What's your boys? Going on, dude? Are these your boys here? These are my boys. Uh, my my son's coaches. Yeah, this is uh, Mike and Mike and uh, Eli. They're they're getting pucks in deep this week. They're Mike and Eli fans. sounds like a morning radio show. You got it. Wake bud. up, couple martinis. Ninety-seven five. A couple of mar- couple martinis. You got it. You know what? I've had a few. Already today. This is the first interview I'm doing. Dr- oh, I won't even say drunk. I feel like I have a happy buzz on. Love it. Four beers, couple shots, and half a joint so far. Well, five beers. About, <laughs> Loyal to, to the soil, guys. Loyal to the soil. Mm. <laughs> there you go. Big Shorzy fan. Run him up, fill him in, boys. Oh, line him up, fill him in, he says. There you go. There you go. They're out with my, my kids in next, Nets next game, so they got to go get them prepped here. they got to get them prepped. Hey, that's, what, that awesome that's, that's what it's all so, yes. about. It is all about finding common ground. Your dad's the best at it. Uh, more people should be like him. And yes, I, I, I love that the, the world is getting to see who your father is through all these videos. It's awesome. Well, like you said earlier, you're like, he finds common ground with everybody. And then you laughed and said, but not with Ren Blair. But here's the thing. He's mm-hmm. got a knack for the common ground, but he's also really logical. Like he'll still, t- like because of the Ren Blair, he's like, I'm like, so what'd you do? And he's like, well, I just came home and, finished my degree and I started teaching. Like it's almost, and yeah. I go, what? And he goes, well, that was the logical decision. So I, I left to get my degree anyway. And I'm like, those stats that you had, and those, like you easily could have gone back and played in the NHL. He goes, yeah, I know. But you know, it, like yeah. he, he loves telling the stories, but like it doesn't kill him that he didn't do it. And he'll still right. say to me, he goes, well, I don't know, I'm alive, I'm here. You, you had a great career. We, we never lack for money. We're, like the decision I made was because of all this. Don't you see that? And I'm like, yeah, I guess I do. So he goes, you know, hockey DB to me, it just didn't as matter much. It, it matter as much then. Well, well, your dad is proof that the game can take you to different places for different reasons, and there's success at different levels of the game. And success for one person may not be the definition of success for another. Which gets me into my book, 
I was just going to say, I was going to say, well, here's a segue. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, and I know, like, you and I have a lot of respect for guys who play the game at any level. And you and I use the term legend a lot. But we use it in a way that I think is correct because you can be a legend having played Junior B in your hometown. You can be a legend having played a thousand games in the NHL. You can still make an impact. Your dad has clearly, clearly made an impact on the game and continues to make an impact on the game, even though he doesn't play anymore, right? There's there's different ways to do it. Oh, I, 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 listen, 100%. If I've Honestly, we have such a great game, and you and I are in the position to meet so many unique people and share in just, even if it's just a fucking tiny millimeter or, or, or a hair, a fraction of a second in in the history of hockey, mm-hmm. it's it, it's amazing and it's unique that we get to do it. You know, we get we get to go to these places and like give public speeches in places like mm-hmm. Portage La Prairie and Quinell, yep. BC, and uh, Red Deer and, and wherever it is. I've been in every province, gotten to meet some great hockey fans. And to me, like you just said, when I was twenty, I didn't see it like that, but now I right. totally do. And there's a Terry Ryan Senior in a lot of places now. Tell yep. us. Your new book. Now, you're an accomplished author. For those, I'm sure most people I'm talking to now realize who, who, who my guest is, Ken Reed. I, what do you got, Ken? Six books out there right now? I got, this is, yeah, this is my seventh. It's called this, Ken Reed's Hometown Hockey Heroes, and it's just what we're talking about, Terry. Um, you're from a small town. I'm from a small town of Picton, Nova Scotia. And the hockey heroes that we had, and so many of us had, weren't just necessarily the guys we saw in Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday night. They were guys who played for our local teams. Um, for me, it was my buddy Teapot, who was 10 years older than me and was the scoring star for the Picto Mariners Junior C team in the 1980s. The Hector Arena would be rocking, full to the rim with people to see T. My dad used to say he's got the softest hands east of Montreal. And let me tell you, T can still put the puck in the net. He's one of those guys. You know how there are those guys, and, and DJ Smith said it about Josh Norris the other night after the game when Norris came back. He said he's just a good athlete. Whatever game they're playing in the back, he wins. Well, that's Teapot. He's the best uh, pool player, the best dart player, the best softball player, the best baseball player, the best lobster fisherman. Kind of like yourself. You're, you're you're kind of an athlete like that. So for me, when I was a kid, the guys in my hometown I looked up to just as much as the guys, if not more, on TV because I got to see them in the flesh. 100%. Like, in person. And I know that you see the things the same way because I think you can – you can share this story because I, I I interviewed you for this book because you were such a massive hockey fan as a kid, and the Newfoundland Senior League yeah. was probably the equivalent I had to the to the Pictou County Junior C League. Those were the guys I saw in front of me. And there's a guy named Robbie Forbes, Sidney Crosby's uncle, as you know, love it, love gone. it, love it, love it. One of my favorite players ever because of this. Go Correct. ahead. And and you, it, I mean, he was. He was, I guess, your teapot because this guy lit it up for Cornerbrook, would play against your dad's team, right? So, I mean, you can evolve on that, just the, the impact he made on you as a, as a little kid in Newfoundland. Well, Ken, so as look, I won't get into it all, but just if anybody's listening, I'm telling you, the Newfoundland Senior League continues to be a real, real, real good senior league, one of the best in Canada for good reason. I think it comes with... It's not a tiny province, but we're isolated, and there's enough of a population that we got these teams... You're allowed imports, right? Like, um, there, there's a big budget. Each team 
Um, you know, I played for corner. We went to the, okay, the Allen Cup is a Canadian senior championship. I knew those are listening, a lot of them, like Shorzy. Well, it's kind of that. Yeah. Like it, it, it's, it's senior hockey, and then it's the Canadian championship. So, I mean, just a few years ago, I went. We had five imports. Our budget was like a million dollars. Like, we're traveling every weekend, right? We get in. We got some. We, Grand Falls won the Allen Cup. We, we went. We lost in double overtime. Two years later, at, Grand Falls went. Tommy Coolen was the Buffalo Sabres coach the year before or assistant. Yeah. They were flying him in every weekend, not only imports. I mean, there's good hockey here. When it comes to senior hockey, a lot of the outports, well, they support it. St. John's is St. John's, right? And there's always a decent league in here. There's an East and a West. But the West, you get like places like Gander and Clarenville and, and uh, Cornerbrook and Deer Lake, like towns that are starving for something to do, basically. And when you put a product like that, on the ice, they come watch. So in the 80s, it's really, it's very similar to semi-pro, really. Oh, I mean, they, my, la- my last year I played in Orlando. The talent level yeah. was really no different um, in the minors. So Robbie Forbes came in in the, in the 80s. It was like the peak of it. They won a couple of national championships, Allen Cups. In 19, or at least one, actually. They won a Hardy they Cup. But the, one, 1986 yeah. was the Allen Cup, and it was yeah. Robbie Forbes... And Dan Cormier was another, but they had each yeah. team. Bill Riley came in with the Caps. We had Gordy Gallant, uh, God, Marty Williamson, Chris Tomlin, Steve Marr. Every, every team, Richard Linto had, uh, you look these names up, these guys played uh, major junior, played pro, and they would come here and the team, they would set them up with a job. Tony Kumo is still here. His, his son Marcus just got finished in the uh, Q, CIS. Um, you know, they'd set you up, and it's a nice place to live, so a lot of the imports stayed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Robbie Forbes was the best I saw with my own eyes. I would rather or just as much meet him as Bob Ganey or Chris Nyland or any of my heroes on the Habs growing up. He came in, and I remember my dad coached Mount Pearl, so he took me to Cornerbrook um, a couple of times on the bus or on the plane or whatever. And to watch, to walk into Humber Gardens packed, and people with the Robbie Forbes signs and, and noisemakers and, and the announcers. And yet, and back then you could smoke in the building, which I know isn't yeah. a great thing, but for, for a memory, seeing this, it's just, it, it added some atmosphere, you know, for the yeah, time and the place. And seeing Robbie Forbes come out, I believe he was number five, I believe. And, oh, goodness, could he dangle? He was one of the best players I've ever seen. And years later, I looked at his hockey DB, and I'm like, no no, no wonder. Like, we got a pro yeah. player in, and it just so happens he was Sidney Crosby's uncle. That yeah. was long, but how, how was it to interview him? Amazing. And Robbie's he's kind of just like his nephew. He's very humble. Uh, he spread a lot of credit to his teammates. Kind of just thanked everybody for getting him over there, but... One of the things I loved what he said to me is on his hockey DB page, it says his hometown's Cornerbrook. He's and he said, My kids asked me, Why don't I correct it? Because I don't mind it, I kind of like oh, it. They loved it, you know. It was like a second home to me, and I think that's what's so special about the game is, is a guy like Robbie. You know, he came out of UNB, he held the UNB scoring record for years, he may still hold it. And you know, the St. Louis Blues invited him to camp, he ended up being at camp with the Nova Scotia Oilers. He made an impression, but they wanted to bring a tough guy down, which was a common thing in the fall of 1985. You know, yeah. did the Edmonton Oilers re- really need another 170, 180 pound skill guy in 1985? Probably not. They bring a toughie down to Halifax, and and Robbie's buddy, who was playing in Newfoundland, suggests he go play in the Newfoundland Senior League. And he goes over. He lives in an apartment with the boys below a bar, 
not above a bar, Terry, below a bar. Yeah. And finds this success and finds kind of a new home in Newfoundland and kind of gets as much from the people of that community as they got from him. And they're still talking about him 30 years later. And the, the people I talked to that looked up to Robbie, he was, he was their Wayne Gretzky. And I think it's lost on a lot of people from big cities that, that we have our own version of hockey night in Canada. And it involves going to the Humber gardens or going to the Hector arena where the smoke was all over the ice down in Picto. And my parents let me run wild down there as a 10 year old. And the only rule was don't go down by the Zamboni. Cause that's where they smoke the funny cigarettes and the, all the bottles go flying out of the stands. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, that was, that was real. It was pure. It's where my love of the game grew. Um, you know, I, I always, as a kid, I always thought, man, it would be so awesome to go to the Montreal Forum, and it was. And there were kids, Terry, that were our age that would run to the Montreal Forum and get general seating. But we'd run to, yeah, you know, uh, Humber Gardens or Hector Arena or whatever arena you were at yeah. in Mount Pearl. And Small in arena a way, in yeah, and in a way, that was as pure as the Forum was to the kids of Montreal. It was the same kind of buzz. I'm sure like it was yeah. like when you look back on it, I, I cherish those nights. I always said, if I have a time machine, I'd go back to 1985 on a Saturday night at the Hector arena. Yeah. I mean, I've said the same sort of thing and I got the same speech. God, mom's mom said those exact words, the funny cigarettes and the booze. Don't go over there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I played four years two oh five oh six oh five oh six oh six oh seven, And then 10, 11, 11, 12. I played those years in Cornerbrook. And, wow. you know, as far as Newfoundland senior hockey goes, the Herder Championship here is is huge. I mean, the Allen Cup, obviously, the Canadian, that, that was something that hadn't happened before in 86. But the Herder's massive. It goes back 100 years or I think slightly more now. It's a provincial senior championship. And, uh, you know, so, so so there's history behind a lot of teams, and Cornerbrook's one of them, and... When I I don't know if it's still like that, but when when I walked in the room in in Cornerbrook, that was the the big, the picture that we saw. I mean, there was, there was the team winning in '86, right? Uh -huh. And then there was a couple of herder championships below it, but the the big, the 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 picture like I mean, huge, not eight by ten, like ten times bigger than that was Robbie Forbes kissing the Allen Cup. No kidding. And, and wow. if I walk, yeah, if, if I was to walk into Wayland's Gate or a, 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 any real. Cornerbrook's one of those hometown places. I think there's a lot in Canada that you, you can just slide into a local bar and have a conversation about any number of like sports legends and it'll go somewhere. Yeah. Like they, they know yep. something of them. It's like 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 Paul Bunyan type stories, you know, like 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 That's like that, Robbie yeah. Forbes is a cult exactly. hero to them. It's it's almost good that he doesn't live there. <laughs> because Correct, because it takes on a mystique. Yes. Right? It takes on a mystique, and he's he's of legendary status while still existing very, very close. He's in an Atlantic province, very close by, yeah. but there, there's a level of legend to it. And then when you bring up him, of course, then people will go, well, who are you going to take, Robbie Forbes or Danky Dorrington? You say, well, Danky played in the 50s right. and 60s, guys. Well, you know what I'm talking about yeah. probably. Danky, a good Pictou County boy, stole it to Nova Scotia. Another legend. Yes, yes, yes. Danky Dork. I just yeah. threw that out there because he's a big Cornerbrook Royal and the same thing, and yeah. you knew exactly what I'm talking about. So, But you're right because that's that, and that's what this book is. And I did a story on a guy from Minnesota. He was a high school hockey legend in Minnesota, drafted by the Calgary Flames, and he died in a car accident. 
in late August of his draft year, as he was supposed to go to the University of North Dakota. And when the guys in his hometown, Bemidji, talked about him, they compared him to Paul Bunyan. And this was a larger-than-life guy, massive kid, and they speak of him in Paul Bunyan-esque terms. Makes sense, Minnesota, Paul Bunyan. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love the romantic side of the game. I'm never going to bore you with numbers. Uh, numbers are fine. Analytics are a whole other area. I'm not going there. But I love the pureness of the game. I love the soul of the game. And that's what I think. Well, I know I captured in this book, and I hope people will relate to it. And when they read the book, they're going to go, hey, you should have done a story on this guy from my hometown. Like, that's yeah. what I want people to get out of it. And get for people who grew up in big cities, I want them to see that there's a whole other side to these, to the to Hockey Night in Canada, to, to the kids we grew up watching. Because not all of us were privy to, to go to Maple Leaf Gardens or Northlands Coliseum or the Saddle Dome. And it's funny, you know, I, I talked about it with my brother yesterday about how my kids aren't going to have the same experience as I. And I'm like, they won't have a teapot. But I, then I said, well, their teapot will just be Austin Matthews. So it's... It's all it's all relative, right? So totally. I try yeah. to catch, you know, that that's what I wanted in this book was just to to show the the passion that of the game and and how how people who maybe think they didn't succeed in the game really did. I mean, there's a couple guys in the game in the book. One guy uh, named Paul Palillo from Brantford, of all places, the hometown of Wayne Gretzky. He showed me a letter he sent to the Pittsburgh Penguins, going, "Yeah, no thanks, I'm going to go play in Italy." And then he came home and he played for the Brantford Smoke in the Colonial League. Oh, yeah. And, I remember that shit. Yep. Oh, I didn't and play there, the, but I remember the Brantford right. Smoke. And here's the beauty part of playing in Brantford. They said, if you go into the Tim Hortons in Brantford, kind of like you were saying, yeah, guys will talk about Gretzky, but they'll also talk about Paul Palillo. But nobody outside of Brantford really knows who Paul Palillo is. And the beauty of so, it, TR, is when I'm talking to Paul Palillo, he's like, oh, my God, I modeled everything after Wayne. He sends me a picture. He's got the Jofa. He's got the Titan. He's got the big gloves. So it's it's funny. He emulated himself after Wayne, and some kids in Brantford ended up emulating him because he was like a 180-point guy in the Colonial League, and he was he was content with that. That that was that was that he was happy to do that. So what? Like this process must have been different because like say one night only, or or the hockey card stories. There a, a lot of your books. They're definitely unique stories. I love that you create, like, you really create great imagery for hockey fans and not hockey fans alike. But but you really do, and you take these characters and you you really propel them into the mainstream again. Like like Marouk, that's a great example. Right, Dennis Marouk. I don't think a lot of people realize he scored so much, but it becomes a conversation. Like you said, my buddies and I talk about it. They all read your books, Um, but this process must must have been because even like one night only or people who played one game in the NHL or, or had one goal, like, but they were in the NHL. So, and the hockey cards, the hockey cards were there. They, they were, they, they were professional players. This would have been harder. Like, uh, how did you find so many, like, cause there's a lot of small, small town, like one yeah. thing to be a hometown hockey, Cornerbrook, Robbie Forbes. I mean, Cornerbrook's 40,000 people. It's got yeah. a, it's not huge. It's not a massive city. But there's some places like 500 people. How did you figure out yeah. who these hometown hockey were uh, heroes were? Like, what was the process here? Well, that that's the thing because most of these you know, most of these guys aren't on hockey DB, right? So maybe half of them are, if that. 
um, maybe some junior stuff, but a lot of them aren't. So the first thing I did was, I, I mean, the idea came about by me just going, look, there's every, 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 every town has a guy where they say, Oh, that guy should have made it. Right. We all know that story. Oh, he should have made it. He should have made it. But then I kind of twisted it around kind of like for one night only, right. Where people said, Oh, he only played one game. I'm like, it's incredible that he played one game. So I kind of twisted around and I thought, well, every town must have, like, I grew up with Teapot, loving this guy. Every town must have a local legend like this, right? And, like, the boys even made up a, a shirt at the Picto Lobster Carnival a couple of years ago. It's Teapot holding two five-pound lobsters with a dart in his mouth, and the shirt just says the legend, right? And the picture in the book, I'm with Teapot wearing the Teapot T-shirt. So I thought, well, every town, every small town must have a guy like this. So, but then I thought, well, geez, how am I going to track them down? Right? Like, I'm not going to, not going to drive across Canada over to spend it. That's a fucking 20, process, man. Twenty-four months stopping in the Legion in every town. So, yeah. luckily for me, old Twitter actually was of use, and I just tweeted out, "Hey, who's your hometown legend who never made it to the NHL, but you know, still had a big impact on you and and your town in hockey?" And now that's a benefit of social media. Yeah. Yeah. So the tweets just started flying at me. So then I'm, you know, then I, I had, must have had a hundred names. So then I have to narrow it down. Right. Okay. W what did this person do? Can I get a hold of this person? Can I get a hold of someone who can speak about this person? And if, yeah, I, I, I just started calling. I started calling. I started asking. I started listening. I think the first story I did was on Bruce Campbell who wow. played in the Newfoundland senior league as yeah. well. I know you're and Bruce played for Cornerbrook and a little bit of Steve, maybe no Cornerbrook. And he was a junior A star in New Waterford, Nova Scotia in Cape Breton. Yeah, that was I, a time when Cape Breton had its own junior A league. So if you think you're off the map in the Maritime junior A league or the Metro Valley league back in the day, think about how off the grid you are in the Cape Breton junior A league. Oh so my God. That and he's racking up the points he's nominated for canadian junior player of the year and all kinds of crazy stuff he's at you know he, he went and played in pei one year and the people of new waterford adored the guy and this is when you know new waterford would play sydney or glace bay there'd be scraps in the stands like you say the haze of the cigarette smoke above the rink and i start talking to kids who are now our age if not older who watched bruce campbell and they're like legend, legend. So they start telling me all these stories. They go, this is one I share in the book. And it's it's so cool. It's like, I don't know if it's true or not, but the rumor was that they'd send out Bruce and warm up by himself at the end just to get people riled up to go to the canteen. And then as soon as he hit the crossbar with a slapper, everybody ran to the canteen, like shit, stuff like that. And, wow, yeah. and, and so Bruce Campbell ends up, signing a tryout agreement with the Winnipeg Jets instead of entering the draft, right? He's 19 years old. He doesn't know. Kind of buries himself there. Gets sent down. Couple, goes and plays in Newfoundland. A couple years later, the Quebec Nordiques want to sign him. So he goes to Fredericton, goes to Quebec's camp, goes down to the Fredericton Express camp. His head coach is Jacques Demers. And um, I find all these old research, all these old newspaper articles that Bruce helped me with. Jacques Demers is going, man, this kid can put the puck in the net. You know, he scored two for us last night. Well, numbers game. They don't need a skill guy. He ends up going back to Newfoundland. He and and then and then I'm keep listening to these stories. At one point, he ends up bunking at my buddy's house because he's playing senior in Picto County. 
for the Pictou County Blues or something. They're the Scotians. I, I was not aware that there was senior hockey like that in Pictou yeah. County. And he's playing knee hockey with Johnny Sim and Andy Sim, your buddy, and Mike Sim in their house because he's staying with Yui on the weekends. Wow. And ends up playing at UCCB as an older gentleman when they start their hockey program. There's a thing in Canadian University called the Bruce Campbell Rule because he was 28 when they recruited him. Ends up, you know, playing for UCCB for four years. Then he's playing pickup hockey and, you know, casually appearing in 16, 15 games a year for the Cape Breton Oilers in the American League when they're short of body. Like, he was that good, Terry. Yeah. Like, just go from pickup to go play for the Cape Breton Oilers in the American Hockey League. And he said one of the, the funniest things was when he went to St. John's with the Oilers, he comes off the ice and all the media runs over to him. And the guys are like, what the hell are they going to you for, Bruce? Like, you know, they're calling him the old man and stuff. He's like, wait till tomorrow. It's big story in the St. Was it the St. John's Telegraph? Is that the paper? Uh, the Telegram. Yeah, St. John's Telegram. That uh, the, the former, evening Telegram. I, right. Be, former, uh, uh, former senior hockey legend returns in American League. So, and they ended up coaching the Cape Breton Screaming Eagles. So, you know, the, there's just guys who make such an impact on the game without having made the NHL. And you don't even have to play at that level to do it. But uh, long answer to your question, but uh, I just started calling people. And thank goodness for Twitter because it made people easy, easy to get a hold of me and let, let them know who their local legend was. No, I like the long answer. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours with promo code THPN and DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny which is 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, LA. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. The, the thing is, that that's this, the senior hockey road, it, it, it's, I know all your stories aren't just about senior hockey, but yeah. those amateur, like, it's the road less traveled, Yeah, but in, in these hometowns, th- there's more of a connection. So I... Yeah. For me, I don't know. If you were to ask me, I, I, I think if I could sum it down to one word, sum it up with one word. Mm-hmm. I've been drinking. I'm not too bad, though. Um, I, To me, it's the connection. Yeah. So I was aware, obviously, when I'm 11 years old, that what's happening in the Mount Pearl Smallwood Arena is not what's happening at the Montreal Forum. Correct. I understand that those players are better. I, I'm growing up in a small town. Like I said, I... I don't really see it every night. I'm assuming it's the NHL. It must be great. But 
I can come down here and literally watch the sweat drop off Bill Riley as he's fighting uh, or or watch Robbie Forbes like go bar down you know right in front of me so and I'm sure that speaks to people all across Canada and worldwide when it comes I mean mm-hmm. I don't think that connection is unique to hockey I know it's not but so when you were speaking to these guys yeah. were a lot of them aware of how much of a place of history they held within each town. Because for every teapot's yeah. aware of it, he's from there. He stayed yeah. there. Yeah. So for for a guy like Robbie Forbes comes in, does his thing, he, uh, unreal like a, a, a an absolute diamond in the rough. Lightning struck. The people were given a this wicked moment of opportunity and fortune and 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 victory, and and and, and a championship to, for the ages. But he leaves. So yeah. were there other people that? Did that, and were, were some like not aware of how big that they actually were? In a true hockey sense, they all knew it right away or learned learned of it and passed it on. Like, oh, I nobody, love to pass it on. There's nobody in our game that doesn't pass it on. Very rarely, and if they do, they don't. You don't see much of them, right? Yeah. Like these guys all pass it on. There's a guy named Randy Keller, Claire's home, Alberta. Okay, first guy from Claire's home to ever play in the dub. The kids all took a bus in to watch him play in Lethbridge one night. Uh, then he comes home. He tries the East Coast League. No. Comes home, and they, they establish the Claire's Home Thunder. Of some, It's called something like the Rock East Rocky Mountain Senior League, right? And the kids all watch him grow up. They're like, this is the coolest guy ever. Well, seven years later, now the kids can go to the bar and drink with the Claire's Home Thunder after the games. And Randy Keller still lives in Claire's home and runs the rink. And his sweater's on the wall in Claire's home. And wow. he said, the rink, li- listen to this, Terry. I was just beyond jealous. He goes, our rink's open. He goes, if you want to come in and play, you can just play. If you're a kid, you can just come and skate whenever you want. I just leave it open. And I thought, oh, my God. That sounds like heaven, right? Yeah. So he gives back. Um, yeah, that's the, the beauty of our, of our, and I say our game, because I like that to think I'm good. involved with it is that it's a game that gives back and 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 guys often like i mean it, it, and they do it realize their impact and not in a bragging way but in a way of i have a responsibility now right i have a responsibility to pass it on and show what i know and maybe cover a dinner tab or something like that right so yeah the guys the, most of the guys are just kind of shake their head and they're amazed at it right but they all know they all know that yeah you know there was a kid out there who had my sweater or who who wanted to be me or made a made up a, a Bristol board poster with his friend Mark Perone with a teapot skating with a hockey stick on it one night in the Glasgow Stadium? You know, like they they know what they did and they, they pass it paying pay, paying it forward. I guess would be the modern term. I love that you took it upon yourself to do this though, and I hope. Um, well, I think I think it'll sell well. I just hope. Um, it gets to enough eyes that like, cause I, I think this could be true of a lot of sports. Like mm-hmm. I think, I think what you're doing, cause I lived in the States for a bit, right? I graduated down there yeah, and I got to know that part from the high school football. I was going to yeah, do a in, Texas in, high school football book. Like Tri cities. Yeah. Yeah. Like I saw the varsity blues, like, like it was wild. We went, so we were just forced. Basically we went down and our high school in tri cities. For those that don't know, I get drafted to play junior there. It's um, it, it really on the Oregon-Washington border close to, uh, about an hour and a half south of Spokane, about 
two and a half southeast of Seattle, about two northeast of Portland, Oregon. So, um, but we, we would go, I would be at Kamaikan, and, and, you know, you try to fit in and everything else. And, you know, we would, like, hockey was new there. It's in a desert, right? Mm-hmm. Seattle's on one side of the mountains. We're on the other. It's pure desert, rattlesnakes, uh, not a lot of snow, almost, like, oddly felt like you were in Arizona or something in Tri-Cities. So we would go to school. And, and you know, the, 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 a lot of the, the you know, we're, we're entering in grade 10, 11, and 12. So a lot of these local kids, like, they they kind of had their back up. You know, let's just say when it comes to, like, dating a girl. I don't know. We just show up from Canada. You know, these guys that are in shape you know, like with a possible professional destination, you know, you know, talking about the draft and what, you know, we, we were brought in for, we were like close to professionals just being brought into tri cities. So we, we would honestly try to smooth like the, the, that world over with the guys and everything and go support them. So we go watch Kamaikan play. Kamaikan would play Kennewick. Those are the two major schools. And it would be like 8,000 people. And we'd go yeah. do the math and go like, geez, like a good night for us is 6,000. Like yeah. We often get three, so and it would like and then no, but but we knew that we were closer to the NHL than they were to the NFL. This was mostly right. locals. Like one guy I know, God, and he ended up he ended up playing in the NBA. One guy I was in Kamaikan with Scott Pollard or someone Pollard. Oh, really? Wow, I, I, for for San Antonio. Other than that, right? Because there's football everywhere. The states is way bigger than Canada. Like I said, yep. we get brought there to play major, so we're already took that step. These are just locals playing high school. Hopefully, one person comes out of there every ten years that might get a scholarship or something. But still, there was like it was packed. And when you went to the game or like at school, I would hear these stories about like you know Joey McWilridge or whatever, like years who was like unbelievable. And in that area. He was like number one. There was nothing else, and you'd tell these stories, and hopefully, yep. if you were lucky, you know he's a mechanic now, but you might get to meet him yep. if you take your car yep. in and like stay after hours. He might come out and say hi, and that to me that fascinated me because it, I identified it, reminded me of Canada. But I know this is a long way. This is a statement more than a question. But I hope, I hope that idea catches on because now, now and nowadays, nowadays we're so detached from yes. I think like this social interaction almost, and yep. you know, back, well, back then, can I? I hope I know that some of those stories still happen now, but I know in my hometown, it's not the same when I go watch the Mount Pearl Junior Blades it, as it was yeah. when my dad coached them. You know, yeah, it might be some of that smoke haze or the, uh, the, the there's no scalpers anymore. It still does well, right? They're, they'll yeah. still do well, and if they make the final, I'm sure it'll be packed. And you know, there's still a senior league that is great and everything, but I find that era, we were forced to to be social creatures. And we, so those we stories, were. those stories gain momentum over the years in a different way. And I think you're capturing an era as much as you're capturing the sport. Agreed. And your Tri-Cities uh, comparison is exactly what this book is. You could do this book for football in the States easily. And look, it's just, it's the way it's the evolution of society. You can watch an NHL game every night on TV. Now you don't have to leave your house. We're taking the kids to the Kitchener Rangers game tonight. We don't have to do that, but we're gonna, 
Um, yeah. People don't go watch the Picto Town League anymore. There isn't a Picto Town League anymore. There isn't a yeah. Junior C League in Picto County anymore. There's not enough kids back there. The hockey's different. It's not basically every town is made up of import kids. It used to be the kids from our town against the kids from their town. You know, it was an easier way to connect. I, and yes, yeah, <laughs> different. And yes, I am capturing a different time. But please, I hope that there's still, still that this still exists out there. And I know it does. In Saskatchewan, there's over 100 senior hockey teams. So I know it exists to a, a, a certain degree. But no, times have changed. So maybe there's a bit of nostalgia in this book as well. And you and I, nostalgia, go together like, you know, peanut butter and jam, buddy. I love it. And something else we agree on. I, I only look, I, I'm just going to muse on this for a second. Like, let's just say now you know my dad's in the baseball hall of fame here in newfoundland yep and in our own relative world you know like the same same thing locally i mean baseball in newfoundland but the americans came here in the 40s uh at a base in argentia introduced it to us it became local we go to the canadian we won a canadian in 1967 people still talk about it um my dad was a great batter. Usually Newfoundland goes to the Nationals and will eventually lose to like Ontario or BC or even even our best of teams. It's tough to beat a bunch of guys who just got back from pro baseball, you know. And yeah. in your area, Glace Bay, because Glace Bay had yeah. this... Because I played Little League too, but we'd go and we'd, we'd, we'd get crushed by them because and they would go... And I remember talking to people, they would go to play in the States. They would play, You know, we're playing in Newfoundland. We're only going to see the same pitchers over and over and over. But again, that's not quite what I'm getting at. Um, but, but it's just a nice fact. Um, but my dad, Oh, hold on. There's mom. Hold on one sec. Yeah. <laughs> hello. Gail? Yeah. Hi, mom, mom. I'm, I'm on the air with Ken Reed. Oh, my dad. Okay, it's, going? it's all right. What is anything important? Pump my tires. Yeah. She got soccer at two o'clock, I believe. Anyway, well, you're, if you're asking me, I was wondering if she got it, and then you say it's at 10. No, then you, okay, so you already know she has it. Okay, well. Okay, she might. I'll, I'll see. Well, I'm going to finish my interview now. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea Thanks, what, what I was just... Yeah, I have no idea what I was saying. You you were talking oh, it's about Friday. I, I wouldn't always oh. answer it. It's Friday. And it's Friday. There's a big night anxious. Exactly. He's anxious. Senior's ready to get going. He's ready to have He's a ready. few. He likes, I stopped there. So I, for me to go downtown to George Street's about 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. And if there's no traffic. And he lives on the way and only about 500 yards from here. Well, I get 500 yards, yeah. half a kilometer. Yeah, I would just so, stay at scene house all night. That's what yeah that that does happen a lot. But I'm I'm, I'm meeting a nice young lady for some appetizers and drinks at seven o'clock. So I'll go. Oh down there. well, there you go. We I guess we have a different libido. Well, we're in different. Where we're in the same stage of life personally, but you know I'm. <laughs> you're and you're in a great spot. Look, you're at your kid's game, which I enjoy. Yeah, you're, buddy. Gonna go home to a loving wife and all that. Look, look, I'm not hey, complaining. What did Senior do with those? What did Senior do with those hockey cards I sent him that the guys made up? Are you fucking kidding me? One's blown up and it's on the wall of fame, like blown up like a. Yeah, yeah. Like what's twice an eight by ten? I, guess, I mean, obviously it would be. It has like, to be sixteen by twenty. 
16 by 20, but, well, yeah, I guess that's how it works. I wish I could just erase that. If I, I if I cared, I would edit that part out right there. But hey, this is the real stuff. This yeah, is the real stuff. I mean, stuff. I'm not great at math, but that was obvious. But anyway, yes. it's, so I guess it's, I guess it's um, at least that. Yeah, he's got it blown up, and it's a topic for conversation. Well, put it this way. He came. You remember when you sent that card? Yes. So he, when we blew it up for the wall, now this yeah. is a guy, trust me, he, he talks. Most of it, he's not bragging. He just loves talking, and I, he's really proud of what he did in hockey and everything. He's proud of me. As you know, and I think anybody watching him, it it doesn't come from like a braggart place. It it, no. you know, he loves and he's. It, there's a difference between being proud and being condescending. Okay, so. But anyway, it's the first time I look over. This is like a couple of years ago, man, and a few years ago, maybe three or four. And he's got it, and we were at, we were I, I, we were at the rink, so it wasn't Penny Lane. It was just we often go to like my buddy's kids' games or whatever and support it. We're we're here, yeah. like you said, hometown hockey. Correct. Yeah, Mount Pearl, you know, Mount Pearl are hosting the. Yes, right. If they're hosting the Atlantic Bantam Championship, we'll go up. Why not take Florida. in a few games, right? Without exception, exactly. every time that happens. So anyway, we're up there, and uh, he had the blow up, like the blow up version of the of the card, like the sixteen <laughs> by twenty four. And he was people yeah. were coming over, and he was just telling them stories. He goes, that's me. He was talking about, you know, his look was one thing. Most people were fascinated. Senior, but, you know, commenting on how he looked when he was younger, but he just kept talking about Minnesota yeah. and the oh, process. Yeah. And in, in a weird, it, we went up there, okay, Ken? It turned into, yeah. I think it was the Atlantic Bantam Championship. It used to be called the Pure Later Cup, whatever, whatever that is now. Yeah, I um, know my brother played in that. Yeah, I remember that. It was the Pure Later Cup, yeah. Irving Cup, and then something. Irving uh, anyway. Cup now, yeah. Um, so that's what happened. So the game ended and you know how he talks so long. So like, he's still telling stories. If, if I'm, my memory is correct. He still hadn't finished like the 1972 getting drafted story. Cause then it goes into, <laughs> then it goes into Minnesota fighting saints. Then it goes into meeting Liza Minnelli. And eventually yeah. if you let it go too far, it'll be like meeting Elvis in 77. Yeah. I know and it's that like, part. yeah. Yeah. So he was still telling the story and these kids came out. So they're like, 13, 14, 15. He, he'd already been on Chicklets once, so they I know they at least kind of knew who this guy was. Yeah. And they all stayed there. And they knew who I was. I, mean, I wasn't talking at all, but I was like, okay, shh, like, listen to this. And at the end of it, it was like an hour. I'm serious. I'm not exaggerating. It was like yeah. an hour. And there was pl the Mount Pearl team was there, and there was a bunch from the other team and parents. And it was like he was giving a seminar. Yeah. And I was like, like you... You should almost charge for this. Like the people. I, like listen, you, <laughs> my my idea, a night with senior, thousand bucks a pop, 10 guys, yeah. Friday night in the basement. I think it's a I, I think people would do it and it's magical. It, it's more. It's the best. I'm being biased. Obviously, it's my dad, but I think people, other people see what I do or else. I mean, it wouldn't be a hit on spitting chicklets and all that. Oh, it would be huge. It would be huge. That's my entrepreneurial spirit. A night with an evening with senior, even 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 like ten guys at fifty bucks a pop in the basement would be awesome. Yeah, you know what? I got to think well, about something. He doesn't market well, himself at all. I'm like, enough well, people know who you I are was, now. Remember the you first should have t-shirts being sold or something. Yeah, 
first time I was there, it took me an hour and a half to get down the stairs. It was awesome. That's You know what? <laughs> For those listening, I have video of that. If you go far enough back on my Instagram, it's there. Yeah. And that that's not a lie. He could not get down the stairs. And there was levels to it. You were at the top standing. Yep. Then you were like sitting halfway down, and then at the bottom you stood up again, and he was still talking because the wall of what he, you know, his yep. wall of fame or whatever is. I right loved every second of it. I loved every second of it. It was the best. I love storytelling, and your dad's the best. I love hockey storytelling, and your dad's the best at it. It's amazing. So we got a little bit more time. You mind some? Uh, if we do one little uh, segment, I got to be out of here in about fifteen minutes. Yeah, let's do it. You've got your game there, and uh, but I love doing rapid-fire randoms. You want to do some rapid-fire randoms with me? Let's go, T.R. Here we go, folks. Can read rapid-fire randoms. Okay, first one. Oh, my God. Jesus, where is it? I wrote these somewhere. Bad start. Well, you know what? Here, here's what we're going to do. I, I, know, I know the first one was a horror movie. So what's okay. your number one horror movie ever? We're going to go... This is October-themed. Okay. I don't know if it's a horror movie, but the movie that scared me more than any other movie, Seven. Seven is definitely... So Penny Lane and I, um, she loves the Saw movies. Mm -hmm. She's, you know... It's been within a year that we've actually watched adult movies. The first one, I, I was like, you know, an action movie must resonate for a 12-year-old at the time. Now she's 13. It was Speed. And then we That's watched like a few more. You know what I mean? Like some that yeah. everybody... Mission Impossibles are good for that. Yep. You know, and then we... So, and then she wanted to watch horror and I thought the first Saw was really creative. And and I've been... And we've been tabling. And last night, I, I, I just went to this list and like number three was this movie Get Out. Can you remember Get Out? It was about five no. or six years ago. No. Yeah, I know. It's it's really, but it's the same thing. It's like, for me, the scariest movies aren't the ones that I know going in. Like I, The Exorcist, I have an appreciation for like where it sits in history, and Correct. Halloween. What that that's actually that's that's borderline. That's pretty good. But but still, I know I know what this is going to be, and yeah. For me, the real scares come in when, like, it, it messes, it, it mixes in a bit of a psychological kind of thriller. That's what Seven did. Chilled me to the bone, right? Chilled me to the bone. And they never even showed what was in the box, but you knew what was in the box. The genius of it all. That's the yeah. genius of it. Yeah. Like Jaws, right? With Spielberg. The, the, the freaking shark wouldn't work, so they just didn't show it. Genius. Made it scarier. Well, I recommend Get Out. That's It's, it's the out. kind of horror that you, you're thinking, and, like, there, there, there's a... A level of intellect, or or, or uh, not intellect, but not just there, there's definitely a level of like you, you you've got to think about this and then absorb like what you just saw rather mm -hmm. than just straight out slash scares, which which again are to each their own. Best horror series. Friday the Thirteenth, just because I'm a kid of the '80s, so not, those would come out. We'd run them and just kind of be be scared and kind of laugh all at the same time. You know what I. Just, I, I only watched for the first time last week. And Nightmare on Elm Street. <clears throat> nope, a good guess. The Alien movies. With oh, yeah, Weaver I've never seen those years ago. Yeah. So I typed in, like, again, best horror movie, and that showed up, and I was like, isn't that sci-fi? It is, and it is a sci-fi thriller, but to me, that check that one out. If you haven't watched that in a while. Yeah. I always, 
Anytime what? something crawls out of your gut, you know, it's somewhat disturbing. Well, that's disturbing. So it's series for me. I, I, I'd probably go with that one. Okay. Um, or Silence of the Lambs technically is a series. Oh, very nicely said. Your best costume ever. The best oh. costume that you've ever had. Oh, Jesus. I don't think I really had anything. I remember going as Dracula once as Halloween. I thought that was pretty cool, but that's a pretty generic answer. So sorry that answer sucked, but that's the, that's the It doesn't it at all. Can yeah. you wait one second while I take a whiz? Yeah. With with the first time drinking during a podcast comes the first time having to take a whiz during a podcast. Do you want me to fill space? No, I'm going to – well, you, yes. Okay, okay, you know what? Go with. I was going to press pause. Okay. But I want you to fill space. Okay, go whiz. Okay, here, Terry here. Ryan's Terry. No, no. Well, do you do you want to? Do you think you can just go for it? Do you want me to leave you with a topic? No, no, I can fill space. Okay, Philip, you Philip. go whiz. Okay, it's going to have a brief break here on Tales with Tr, the Terry Ryan podcast. But we're actually not going to break. I'm just going to fill time as Terry goes to pee. Question is, how long will he take to pee? He began peeing at fifty three ten on the podcast. So we'll see when he comes back. A reminder. My new book, Ken Reed's Hometown Hockey Heroes, is available in stores everywhere October 24th. You can also order online at Amazon.ca or Indigo or support your favorite local bookstore. I hope you enjoy the book, honestly, as much as I did writing it. It is, it's hockey, it's folklore, it's small towns, it's big towns. And uh, seriously, it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a look at the way the game was. And I think in a lot of ways, the way the game could be back again terry ryan checking back in that was a 37 wow. second p hi terry and welcome wonderful back to work yeah wonderful go, professional work. Broadcaster. how and why would i ever doubt you exactly filling time baby that's what we do every night on sportsnet central with ken and Ivanka. <laughs> what do you think most couples will go dressed up as this year dressed up as this year at halloween oh um taylor swift and travis kelsey Fucking great answer. Yeah. You know what? I think you just won the family feud. Thank or you. Whatever it is, that would be the number one answer. Thank you. By the I way, I didn't think of that. But, oh my God, if, it would be, wouldn't it? If anyone hasn't seen the latest episode of Shorzy with you doing the trivia, that had me in stitches, buddy. I absolutely love that. I was in absolute stitches because Ted Hitchcock, you know, admitted he might not be the smartest guy, but he's one of the smartest guys there. And you were. Ted Hitchcock was so convinced that he was just nailing it. That was my favorite part, was how confident Ted Hitchcock was in his answers. I know. <laughs> now, of all the scenes ever, yeah. that one was, and in, in, in particular, in yeah. particular, near the end, I say something about Peggy's Cove. Yes. And fucking, we threw that in. Jared threw it in. Jared's like, we were just sitting there, in the, again, in the afternoon, like, most of the, he writes all of it. I don't, try to give him ideas or anything but sometimes you can kind of tell when he's fishing for one yeah and anyway that i don't i don't recall that being in the script but he was like you know throw that in and he goes just say it again and i said it and he goes no just just like <laughs> say it like you know you've been to peggy's cove and it's like pretty good this time of year like however you would do it anyway yeah. it was hard to get through that yeah you talk about having fun at work that that's bad who cracks up the most on set uh, well, it's usually one of us. And then it's tough to get through the lines of me and me and Dolo because yeah. no one knows how I'm going to deliver them. First of all, 
Right. Right. Your Jared's pretty good though. He watches Coldwater Cowboys, so he does have a great. Okay. Like I mean, for someone that I think he's been in Newfoundland, he told me one day he flew in for a wedding and went home, so he didn't wow. pick it up there. But he is pretty good. The only thing is that Coldwater Cowboys, their dialects from all over Newfoundland, so there's certain yes. things that I, I I wouldn't be saying naturally if I was Ted Hitchcock, and right. I could do a townie. Right, I can talk like this whenever he wants me to. Right, like I can go like this because yeah. my buddies did, and we used to bug him growing up and all that shit. But like, yeah. if you start like like one thing that if you're out west, they drop H's and add H, so it's hockey. Yeah. You play hockey, do you? You play yeah. hockey, right? Carolina, and so, no H's. No, no but Ted Hitchcock H's wouldn't do that. So, right. I that's why. So, even though it might be subtle, yeah, <laughs> there's often times where, and I'm going to deliver it obviously different than it's written. No matter sure. even if it's the exact same thing, it's going to be a funny like Newfoundland dialect. And then you got Dolo, my D partner, and we often talk back to back, and he's speaking only French, and we understand each other perfectly somehow. Yeah, that's beautiful. Right? It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. I'm always thinking about that, and it's it's beautiful. It becomes yeah. That's to me the hard part of getting through is is that it's just the lingo being used and yeah. how we're absorbing it. Oh, I love it, buddy. It's a great show. I love it. I'm so proud of you guys. Scary. Thank you. Scariest place you've ever been? Scariest place I've ever been. Oh. Uh, I don't mean city. I oh. found myself in some, like... Yeah, I've been in some... Get a cab, you know, to the wrong area or something yeah, at night. Yeah, I was going to go there. Um... Syracuse, New York. We took a wrong turn. My wife and I were like, where are we? It was just weird. One night. And when you're unfamiliar with somewhere? Yeah, it was probably a fine place. But we and if it's weird. dark? Actually, I'll take that back. We had to stay at the Micro Hotel in Syracuse, New York. That was the scariest place I've ever been because it was a greasy hotel room. Yeah. Some yeah. of those hotels that are... And to me, the States is so big Yeah, that it could be... Like, I could be in, like, Musselman, Saskatchewan, but I'm, it, it could be just as dark. There could be mice running around the floor. Yeah. But I'm not, for some reason, the same place could be in Syracuse. And again, nothing against Syracuse. I just don't know my surroundings. I don't know Go where Go crunch. I... Go crunch. Nasty Marasty. Go crunch. Yeah. I've actually had good experiences there. Um, but yeah, it could be Colorado Springs. It could be yeah. Vail, Colorado. If I don't know where I am, though, there's a... I'm saying scary in this sense from a haunting point of view, not like a crackhead oh, point of geez. view. Yeah, I know. I just went right to crackhead. Uh, I just went right to... Yeah, I've never really been a, a haunted kind of guy. I didn't really bought into that stuff. Yeah. I guess I would say, you know what? There was one time... God, maybe I'll say it, Ken. I was... You don't want to say it? Don't say it, Terry. Back, you know when sex was new when you're a kid and like, I guess you're you're like twenty or twenty one, whatever. Yeah. And this girl wanted to have sex in a graveyard, and I did it. And then halfway through, I got really spooked. <laughs> I finished though. I did finish. I'm I'm not trying to. This isn't any like story. I'm I'm not trying to get a laugh here. That that's exactly what happened. But after it's and you know how like. When you're that young and you can be so motivated by by, by sex, and like she wanted, to, and I was like, okay, any, you know, where do you want to do it? Anywhere, where, where do you want to go? What part of the and graveyard? It, when it was done, I realized 
I didn't like my surroundings at all. I got really creeped out. I was in a disrespected the dead. Yeah. And I think that kind of got her off. And for me, I just wanted to have sex. She could have said fucking McDonald's Playland. Like it, it would have done the same thing for me. It was young. I was young. It was new. And anyway, and I remember after I did my thing going, okay, when you come back into reality going, what the fuck? Why am I here? You Why know? am I standing in a graveyard? And in Newfoundland, the graveyards, the one we were at, expect, yeah. a lot of them like. Wasn't the Viking like, one, was it? Well, no, but like a lot of them here. The Titanic? There's graves from like, they died 1782, you know? That's frequent around the city, right? Because it's so old. Oldest city in North America. Um, anyway, scariest almost, movie. Terry Ryan, almost good enough to wake the dead. That should be the t shirt. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Terry Ryan, wake the dead tour. <laughs> now I just got to think of something to tour <clears throat> scariest movie character ever that you in your mind jason Voorhees. yeah i mean that's those movies got so like they were they were almost like a parody of that themselves. Or and, nah, you know what but the first oh. couple were great friday the 13th and nightmare on empty oh nice ogie fucking oglethorpe yeah. ogie's the scariest good for you good answer um or Racky. Your best October memory. Best October memory. Right now, buddy, just honestly being at a hockey tournament with my kid. Life comes in chapters, and I'm thoroughly enjoying this one. I just love seeing him play and having fun with his buddies playing mini sticks and running around the hotel. October 6th is National Noodle Day. What was the last time? When was the last time you had craft dinner? I probably would have had it sometime within the last year for my kids. I'm pretty good at cooking it. I'm pretty good at cooking it. <laughs> I yeah. knew you were going <laughs> to. Within yeah. the last, I was waiting for decade, year, no. month. No. Now, 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 I didn't go fancy and put the boiled wieners in your body, but, you know, I did it all right. Yeah, of course you did. Uh, October is also National Pizza Month. Pictou County is made. Yes. It's known for pizza more than anywhere that I know in Atlantic Canada and probably Canada. Why? The brown sauce. The brown hot sauce invented by Sam. Is that why? It's the brown hot sauce, buddy. It's our, our pizza. I always warn people. The first time Ivanka had it, I said, let it cool. Give it five minutes. Let it cool. Let it cool or you'll regret it. The guy in the line in front of us burnt the roof of his mouth. So it's the brown sauce from Sam's and Acropole. That's what it is, buddy. Zach Galifianakis was born in October. Who's yep. your favorite stand-up comedian ever? My brother, Peter Anthony. That's a fact. Him and Bill Hicks. Peter just did a gig last night in, uh, in Toronto, and he's in Niagara Falls Yuck Yucks this weekend. But Pete's my favorite, absolutely. And he's in a store. He's in a show with your buddy Jonathan Torrance too. So there you now go. I want to. I want to know something, because as you know, like I lived in that stand-up world for a little bit, and I remember going out with your brother one night, and I really I picked his air all night because I was fascinated. Yeah. Um, and for me now, Ken, I I don't go and like do stand-up nights at stand-up clubs, but Right. I, I kind of hone my act and I get hired for a lot of public speaking gigs as you do. So I'm basically yep. doing what I did on stage when I do the public speaking gigs. Yeah. So 
My question to you is that did he help you with any of that? Like, uh, you're, you're a great public speaker. He's a stand-up comedian. Did you absorb we, any of his ideas or tricks or I, approach? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll even tell one of his jokes once in a while. We never talked about it. Uh, we've always talked about, you know, how to command a room. And what we often talk about is the setups that you get when you go to different places, how some people... Some places just don't set you up for success. So we'll talk about that a lot and how other places do. But we never really talked about stage presence. I guess it's just, it's like you or your dad. Like, I mean, when you look at your dad, the way he can command people's attention, you can see where his stage presence comes from. And, I mean, you have the same things. So. Now you're cutting in and out now. We're almost at the very end, so I mean, you're cutting in and out. I can't hear you, but it's probably a. a oh, I'm a, in the rank now, buddy. Oh, that's what happens. Okay. Well, you know what? You do your thing. You do your thing, Ken. It was great to have you, and I'm about to take right, off buddy. anyway. Okay. Okay. Hold on. I'll come out and give you a proper goodbye if I cut out. All right, buddy. Just hold on one sec. One sec. One sec. One sec. All right. If you want to edit, I. Can you hear me now? Oh, I don't edit? care about we know. I did. yeah, we don't care. All right, buddy. Well, hey, listen. Thanks for having me. And uh, books and stores October twenty fourth. Ken Reed's hometown hockey heroes. And listen, if if you have a hometown hockey hero you want in volume two, let me know. Maybe I can make one. Sounds good, man. You go enjoy your night with your kids, right. and uh, I'll talk to you soon. I'm up. I'm up that way in a few weeks <laughs> for a couple of months, and we'll hook oh, up. Yes. We will. All right. Love you, buddy. And have, uh, say you hi too. to your parents. I will. Have a great day. Okay. Bye-bye. There it is, folks. Ken Killer Reed, my good buddy, as you know, and uh, Hometown Hockey Heroes. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, for myself right now, I hope you guys have a good weekend. I'm going to go. I'm going to finish this beer that I'm drinking. And then I'm going to go down to George Street. And guess where the fuck I'm going to go? I'm going to fucking go to, <laughs> all of a sudden, F-Bomb Central. I'm going to go. To Trinity Pub. I'm going to have a beer at Trinity Pub. Maybe have a uh, conversation with the Mannings. Good hockey family. My buddies for many years. And then I'll walk up the road and maybe go into TJ's Pub, which I used to manage. And I might talk to Jeremy Barron, Summer Courtney, have a drink or two. And then pop across the street to Rob Roy Confusion. See if Kevin English is there. Maybe have a beer with Kevin. And then after that, maybe the Martini Bar. And see if uh, Pete Quinton is over there and pick his brain about the great concerts that he brings to town the last couple of years, uh, including Alanis Morissette. And uh, maybe after that, grab Pete and we'll head over to Greensleeves Pub. We'll talk to Stephen Hancock and Jody Temple. And we'll watch Dave White on stage for a few hours. And, of course, probably end at the Bull and Barrel. Talk to Tino Borges, my good buddy, and uh, the best little rock and roll hole in the wall on the planet. Probably go there. If I'm going to go for a bite to eat tomorrow night, probably going to go to Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water, Loose Tie, of course, above Greensleeves, or Wedgwood Cafe. Wedgwood Cafe also does catering. If I'm going to go to Mr. Lube, there's two locations. One's on Torbay Road, one's on Camelot Road. Live, laugh, loop. Ryan Power, Power Conditioning, Rope Walk Lane. Strength and balance for the body and the mind. True hockey, take what's yours, and of course, Pitbull Pain Relief, the pain sticks that just don't quit.
Go to pitbullpainrelief.com and see what all the fuss is about. Folks, I will be back in just a few days with more Tales with TR. Have a great weekend. I know I will. And I'll catch you on the rebound.